Darker Days of Dorothy Gale Aftermath For Episode 24 A Revision of Dante's Inferno Canto 1 And Episode 25 Chapter 18 Hope Abandoned This week, we're discussing both the bonus Dante's Inferno Revision of Hell episode and Chapter 18, Hope Abandoned. Chapter 18 to 49 is an epic 31-chapter retelling of Dante's Inferno. Each week, I will be bringing you a summary of each canto of the Inferno along with an ordinary guy's guide to some of Dante's theology and symbolism. I will also be bringing you a look at my own take on the tale, and explain what changes I made and why I made them, just like I did last season with Dark Days of Dorothy Gale and The Wonderful Wizard of Oz. Unfortunately, while Dante's Inferno is in the public domain, a lot of the translations are not. A lot of the ones that are, are not exactly modern, to say the least. Me reading them for this podcast would be an embarrassment and a butchering of those texts. I considered attempting to revise the entire thing in the same way that I did the first canto, but it just wasn't a feasible project, especially if I wanted to keep darker days moving along. If you're interested in reading about or learning more about Dante, there are countless resources. There's podcasts, audiobooks, lectures, essays, YouTube channels, all kinds of things. My personal favorite translation is by John Ciardi. He does a pretty okay job of modernizing the poem, and his extensive notes are easy to understand. If you're looking for something free... You can always check out the Reverend Henry Francis Carey translation of the Inferno. It can be downloaded for free from Project Gutenberg. It's old school and dry, but it's still an excellent resource. Though you won't find extensive notes from Carey. Another excellent resource is the podcast Dante's History. At the time of this recording, it consists of 24 episodes and is not a complete series. It was launched in August of 2016, with the most recent episode dropping September 6th, 2021. I'm recording this September 15th, 2022. While Dante's history is sporadically updated and incomplete, what is there is well-produced and very educational and thoughtful. So, now that I've gotten all that out of the way, let's get to darker days. 
Oh, also, as always, just a reminder, I'm not an expert on religion or a literary scholar of any sorts. I'm just an ordinary guy with a microphone and an extra dark pen. While this is where Darker Days and the Inferno really begin to intersect with each other in a noticeable way, it's not exactly the beginning of the crossover. Dante's Inferno doesn't begin in hell. It begins in the dark wood of error. In Canto I of the Inferno, Dante finds himself dazed and confused in a dark wood. He's not entirely sure why he's there, how he got there, or exactly how to get out. As he wanders through the woods, he believes he has found a way, but is stopped by a leopard, a lion, and a she-wolf. He turns back, hopeless. Virgil, another epic poem, shows up and speaks to Dante. He tells Dante that he, Virgil, has been instructed to guide him, Dante, as far as he can. This is essentially through hell and purgatory. Virgil is unable to ascend to heaven, and we'll get to that soon enough. In Darker Days of Dorothy Gale, this is largely covered by the Tipitarius and Beatrice chapters. Beatrice is more or less Dante, though Tip is not necessarily analogous to Virgil. In some ways, in many ways, Tip is also a variation of Dante. It's important to know that in this book, there is no one Dante allegory. Everyone is Dante, because Dante is everyone. He is a man that struggles with morality and the consequences of sin. Beatrice is lost in the woods. She's not entirely sure why she's there, and she can't find her way out. When Tip wakes up in Chapter 17, the forward motion of Tipitarius, He's also confused. His memory is fractured. He is unsure of what is real and what is not. He doesn't know exactly how he got to this point, much like Dante being unable to recollect exactly how he came to be in the dark woods. Earlier on in the tip story, however, he doesn't particularly struggle with morality. I admit, I probably could have, and should have gotten a little bit more into the psychology of the character. Either way, though, he's evil in the beginning, and he seems to have no conscience. In fact, he's all too eager and all too willing to trade his life for that of Beatrice at the instruction of Mombi. There is no equivalent to the leopard, the lion, or the wolf in these chapters, however. I wanted to focus more on the character interactions. My adaptation of the Inferno will occasionally be unfaithful in its theology and symbolism. 
while Dante had his themes and purposes, I opted to chase my own themes and purposes, and approach the Inferno partly as just an interesting story. In Canto Two, Virgil tells Dante that he's been sent by Beatrice to guide him through damnation, into purgatory, and eventually take him to paradise. He also mentions that this is not only the will of Beatrice, but also the will of the Virgin Mary. This is largely still the dark wood in which Tip and Beatrice are wandering around. I suppose in this case you could contrast Tip with Virgil and Mombi with the Virgin Mary and Dante's Beatrice, though this is definitely not intentional. Remember, I don't always write things with a particularly deeper meaning. Sometimes I just write what needs to be written to advance the story or plotline. I would definitely not be comparing the Virgin Mary or Dante's Beatrice to an evil, wicked witch living out in the forest. Maybe some former co-workers, but, you know, nobody good. Anyway, Canto Three of the Inferno is the vestibule and the home of the uncommitted. For darker days, Canto Three spans both Chapter 18, Hope Abandoned, and next week's chapter, 19, The Hornet's Nest. I will limit this summary to this week's chapter, however. Dante and Virgil arrive at the gates of hell. Written on the gates is, Abandon all hope, ye who enter. Sometimes it's translated differently. I've also seen it as, Abandon every hope. I think I may have seen a few other variations as well. Dante is unsure of proceeding. He is not big on hopelessness, I guess. Virgil tells him to be courageous, and together they proceed. In chapter 18 of Darker Days of Dorothy Gale, Hope Abandoned, Dorothy meets Vel. Vel is as close to Virgil as you can get. If there's a character analogous to him, it's Vel, though she too has some qualities of Dante. Dorothy wakes up in the other side. She finds herself in her childhood bedroom, peaceful and serene. This is a far cry from the dark woods, but, like I said, that was mostly a Tip and Beatrice thing. Vel shows up to inform Dorothy how things are going to play out, or at least how she hopes things will play out. She tells Dorothy that when one of her sisters dies... That power is distributed among the remaining sisters. So, the last one standing will have immense power. She tells Dorothy she has no interest in ruling Oz. She's had a bit of a turnaround in the eons that she's been locked away. But while she's not interested in ruling Oz, she feels it's a power she deserves and she would rather use that power to lord over the other side. She promises Dorothy paradise, the childhood she always desired 
with the mother she never had. The only way to get to that paradise, however, is by traversing this world of damnation. Dorothy agrees to this deal. I did keep some of the visuals of the gate, however. I simply reversed the phrase, Abandon all hope, ye who enter. I know. Original. This chapter ends with Dorothy agreeing and entering the other side. A fun bit of trivia here for those that are interested in my personal inspirations and influences. The Other Side is named for a song by one of my all-time favorite bands, Eight Stops Seven, and their excellent song, Greetings from the Other Side. I needed something to call this part of Oz. The Upside Down was a Stranger Things thing, and I figured the other side sounded cooler anyway. The story is going to spiral from here on out, and it's going to spiral quickly. A lot of bad things are going to happen to a lot of characters. I wanted to open this portion of the story with one last hopeful and serene experience. Hence why we see Dorothy peacefully lying in her childhood bed, presumably the day of her mother's death, or shortly before. One of the biggest running themes in this book is redemption, facing your past, and learning to come to grips with what's been done. Dorothy is surprisingly easily swayed by Vel. She turns her back on Ozma in the span of a short conversation. But that's understandable. She has reasons to trust Vel. Vel gave her her childhood home. However briefly it was. So, it ends with Vel opening the gates and the journey beginning. If I missed something, failed to address something you feel I should have, or goofed on my summary of Dante's Inferno, by all means, let me know. I'm always open to questions, comments, or constructive criticism. You don't have to like this show. I don't know why you're listening if you don't, But like it or not, you can be nice. I know you can. I believe in you. You can always contact me on Twitter, DarkDorothyG. You can email me at darkdaysofdorothygale at outlook.com. You can find me on Instagram, TikTok, or yet another Twitter account. The Ordinary Sun. That's S-U-N. TikTok doesn't have much Dark Days content. It's mostly video games and memes there. My Instagram is a mishmash of stuff, and my non-Dark Days Twitter account is a mix of Dark Days content, complaints about Elon Musk, and short-form news radio fanfiction. And, of course, there's always the official Dark Days website. DD of dg.com. 
As of this recording, it has some cool Dark Days merchandise, a little bit of Darker Days merchandise, along with a collection of artwork, such as photography and sketches. Also, I've pulled Darker Days from Amazon. At the moment, I don't want to charge people for this experience. Also, as I record this podcast audiobook, I've come to realize that Darker Days, as it was on Amazon, was not quite up to my standards. And I want to make sure it's up to my standards before I start collecting money for it. Anyways, the story of Dorothy Gale is largely free. If you would like to support the show, however... Buying a t-shirt or a sticker or something is really the coolest way to go. I've got a lot of creative ventures going at all times. Photography, writing, podcasting. And believe it or not, I don't do any of this to make money. If for some strange reason you do want to support me as an artist financially, you can always go to buymeacoffee.com slash Ordinary Sun. Again, that's S-U-N. If you do, I'll, I don't know, give you a shout-out on this wildly unsuccessful and obscure podcast. I'll even send you a handwritten thank-you note, complete with a fun little sketch. How about that? If you don't want to donate to this cause, that's fine, too. I'm totally happy to do this either way. So come back next week for chapter 19, The Hornet's Nest. Thanks for listening. I love you all.